Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Quaybog Church podcast. At the end of this episode, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check us out on Facebook. That way you'll have access to fresh content every week. But most importantly, we hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey because our mission here at Quaybog is to help you worship, connect, and serve. Enjoy! Hey everybody, Pastor Kyle here. Pastor Tim. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> Coming at you in the morning. <laughs> so we're checking in a little bit late this week, um, but we had some questions though that we wanted to hit. And basically how this is operating is this, this Tim and I just off the cuff, we're trying to give really important answers, which seems responsible. Yeah, we're riffing. <laughs> so the question we got from Sunday uh, is a follow-up, just context for what this video is, if you're watching this way afterward or, or not uh, in connection with the sermon was we talked about the reality of, of, of a God. And we then we kind of, now we're going to be looking ahead to, okay, well, if there's a evidence for a God, is there any evidence for like a specific God? That's kind of where we're going after this video. So one of the follow-ups in the mix of that, uh, somebody had a question about other religions. Uh, specifically, well, what about Jews? So if, if Jews are God's people, then are they excluded from salvation? Or say if somebody is like genuine in their pursuit of another religion, can't that be good? Because the question, of course, is can't all religions lead to God uh, equally? And they're just kind of different forms of God revealing himself to mankind. So just kind of off the top of your head, Tim, like how does that statement or that idea strike you? Uh, I mean, the reality is we've been studying Catalyst the past couple weeks, so a month or so, uh, major world religions. We've done Hinduism and Islam, uh, Buddhism. This week we were in Judaism, which okay. is ironic. Right. Uh, with that, there's a lot of, like, each one demands their own structure. When yeah. they look at whatever their divine is, there's always that mentality of, like, this is mutually exclusive. Okay. This exists alone. And so... When we're thinking about like multiple pathways to uh, if there's one united universal divine, well, that doesn't really work when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And okay. when Islam is saying, actually, most of the Old Testament's a little bit untrustworthy, and then definitely Jesus is untrustworthy. Yeah. It just comes counter. Or if uh, Judaism, they don't accept Jesus as the Messiah, that totally counters what Jesus said he was. Yeah. yeah, and so it, it doesn't really line up that we can't have multiple pathways. None okay. of the world religions would get along. Okay. Well, what do you think is the dividing line? What do you think is like really the lightning rod thing that says, okay, this is why they can't be the same? Is it just because of like general disagreements, or do you think that Jesus is the one that really is that lightning rod that says I mean, that's the truth of it all? Yeah, I mean, Jesus did it, and um, when he came, he made sense of it all. Yeah, the, all of the Old Testament points towards a messiah even the the jews who reject the new testament right in the hebrew bible they anticipate a messiah and okay. jesus fulfilled that i mean you look at um there was that study done uh, about the statistician he took all his students and they uh took what are some of the most verifiable some of the most readily verifiable uh prophecies that were fulfilled in the old testament through jesus and the the number they came up with is astronomical they said the odds of any person ever fulfilling those prophecies would be like taking the state of Texas, filling it full of a foot full of like quarters, taking one and painting it white, throwing it in, and a blind person going in and picking that one out. It's impossible. It's okay. not possible. Okay. That's pretty interesting. So the size of Texas, foot deep with quarters. Yep. 
a blind You're person. through. Finding one. You find the one. And all that. Okay. So there is a, a sense that, um, to kind of like take a shift, there is a sense that it's grounded in reality. Um, yeah. Right? So that it's not just stories. It's not just like private revelation. It's something that we can actually verifiably see in history. And the effect for me, one, a big one for me is the effect it had. Like the book of Acts is history. Yeah. You know, the fact that Christianity exploded the way it did was supernatural. Uh, it was people like genuinely living out their new faith in Jesus, but totally ignorant though, right? Yeah. I mean, they didn't know anything at all. It wasn't like it was they raw. had... Yeah, like not everybody had a Bible in their house because not everybody could read or write. And so there was no scripture available for these early Christians. And yet yeah. something was supernaturally happening, uh, which I think is cool to consider too. Uh, something else that... Um, what like what would be a good analogy? So I'm asking this totally off the cuff here. You are. What would be a good analogy? Do you think that you could be like? So this is like just believing and having faith in something because that's what people will say. As long as you believe in something and it's not hurting other people, then that that works. That's good for you. Is there like a good analogy we could give people to kind of think more clearly and more honestly and more truthfully about that idea? I don't know if I necessarily have a clear analogy, but I mean fundamentally, what you're saying is. Um, do we get to tell God who he is or should we be asking God who he is? Okay. Because honestly, when we're saying, well, all religions are fine, uh, what we're saying is I feel like that should be okay. Okay. And I don't know that that's satisfactory. Okay. I remember, uh, I don't remember who it was, but somebody much smarter than me, they, they give the analogy that uh, it's like catching a flight somewhere. So I may want to go to California, but if I catch a flight to Europe, then that is going in the wrong direction completely. Yeah. Now, I may have all the best intentions in the world. I may really, really, really think that I'm going to Europe or California, depending on which way I think I'm going. But if I'm headed in the opposite direction, it doesn't really matter um, because theologically, logically, uh, truthfully, factually, I'm wrong. I'm going in the wrong direction. No matter how strongly I believe, that doesn't make it right. And I do think, and what's your thoughts on like just kind of culturally our, our temperature where we are now that basically people think that if they believe it, then it must be true in general. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think there's a <clears throat> cultural assumption um, and it really is rooted in feelings. Okay. Um, Why well, do you think that's dangerous? Something being rooted in feelings because God gave us feelings, subjective. right? Yeah. It's subjective Okay. because I can feel something and you can feel something. And if we're feeling differently about the same thing, which one of our truths becomes true? Okay. That subjectivity is dangerous because then uh, we allow common sense to go take a back seat while whatever we feel now takes the driver's seat. Okay. Okay. So what what about those people then? So this is the harder question. This is like the deeper kind of uh, sticky, uncomfortable question. Yeah. So what about people of other faiths and other religions? So you grow up in a country, you grow up in a world where you don't hear about Jesus. Are those people without hope? I don't think so at all. I mean, I no. think if the reality is um, in Romans, he says, uh, Romans was 120. Um, it says that his um, divine power and it can all be seen through nature. Okay. I mean, there's a revelation that goes beyond. Now, okay. it doesn't mean that um, if you look at a tree, you're like, oh, Jesus, got it. Okay. Um, but there are pieces of like reality that understanding... Um, that God does exist is okay. totally in scripture. Okay. But do you think that is, uh, 
worthy of salvation? Because it does say that we are left without excuse because his yep. divine nature and who he is has been revealed through what he has made. So we don't have an excuse. So do you, how would you like help somebody think through that then? Okay, so there, that there's somebody up there, right? That, that somebody did all this, I think is like, is step one. But like, what about with Jesus? So I grew up, I'm a Buddhist. I live in the middle of nowhere, China. Or maybe I'm like, you know, ancestor worship. And maybe it's not even Buddhist. I just live in the middle of China, never had access to Jesus. What about that person? But they faithfully follow, you know, the ancestor worship. They faithfully follow the religion handed down to them. And then they die. I mean, it's not the same, is it? They're not following after Jesus. But do they have any chance? Is there any hope for them? Because I think that there is. Because I think if you go to the Bible itself, I think it helps us wrestle with these questions. Can God reveal himself to people without somebody coming? Because Romans 10 would say, how are they going to hear if we don't go and tell them, right? So there's like, there's that responsibility of I need to go and tell them. But also though, um, like just this morning, I was thinking through the story of Joseph in Genesis. Like how how did God reveal himself to Joseph? How did God reveal himself eventually, uh, you know, to different the, well, the patriarchs, right? The point of getting to Joseph, he had already rec- like made himself uh, known to yeah. Abraham, right? Abraham didn't know him and was a total pagan, like nothing to do with Yahweh God. And yet God stepped into his story, revealed himself to Abraham. Abraham follows the call. The patriarchs, they all had these like individual callings. And I think all the way down, even into the New Testament, because who's the first people to get visions from God in the New Testament, right? I mean, the parents of Jesus. So you've got Mary and you've got Joseph. And I think that the Bible helps us answer those kinds of difficult, I can't really answer kind of questions. Like, what about the Buddhists in the middle of nowhere? You know, who knows? Are they going to ever hear about Jesus? Well, I think that's why we're without excuse. What do you think about that? Like God, because God, Jesus can reveal himself to everybody. Truthfully, I'm not about to put God in a box. Yeah. I'm not going to tell him what he can't do. Right. And so if he can reach out to someone anywhere, I mean, absolutely. Why can't he? Right. Okay. So then the question is, so what if somebody faithfully follows another religion, has the opportunity maybe to accept that mercy from Christ because there's maybe some kind of supernatural intervention there? What if they still choose no? What then? I mean, I think you've already said it. Uh, We're all without excuse. Yeah. If you had the opportunity and you uh, chose not to, uh, weren't you given the chance? Yeah. And that's, I think, legit a hard pill to swallow. It is. Like, the exclusivity of Jesus is one of the harder things to really be able to stomach. And then I think in modern sensibility, we're just like, well, that's not fair. Yeah. That's narrow-minded. Um, but to that argument, which I think is valid, how would you how would you kind of dis- discuss uh, or debate or argue against that? Well, that's not fair. That's too narrow-minded. Like, is there any, like, good justification for Jesus being the only way or a good way to explain that? I mean, fundamentally, we can even contextualize it into our lives now. Like, in America, we have all this access to Christ, and yet no one is choosing it. Like, everyone mm-hmm. culturally wide will reject the truth of Christ. Okay. And so, by the same very measure, we're without excuse. When we're thinking, what would be a good justification? I mean... Like Jesus came and died on the cross. He mm-hmm. paid the price for sin. He, there was something very specific. There wasn't. Yeah. There wasn't um, a hope that all people would be religious. There was sin entered the world and ruined the world. Mm. It needed to be saved, and Jesus saved it. Okay. And so, for exclusivity's sake, 
when we look towards um, Buddhism or we look towards Hinduism, those aren't um, remedying the actual issues that are on with the world with sin. Okay. They're uh, a different approach, tackling a different problem that isn't rooted in the same reality that we're living in. Okay. More works-based? Yeah. Right. And anything like that is going to come shy because okay. every step of the path, it was grace. It was always grace. Yeah. You look at because one of the original questions was about Judaism. I mean, there was a quote by a rabbi who says it's by uh, works and deeds and not by faith that we're saved. Yep. Which to me blows my mind when you look at Abraham or you look at any of the patriarchs. You look at mm. Noah and it was always, always grace. Yeah. When, when the flood came to Noah, he, he said the entire world was wicked. Right. And yet, through one man, God shows grace. Yep. And that's extremely different. Yeah. There's no other religion like it, and it's not personal for others. Yeah, and like you said, <clears throat> to pick up on something you said earlier, I think that whoops, sorry, I think that there is a real, very real sense that there, like, when you look at reality, like, what matches best with reality in the world that we live in, right? And that's what I love about the biblical story because it is so honest, it is so raw, it's so awkward at times, but you see the problem of sin. And the answer of Buddhism, you know, the, the problems that you see in the world. The like, answer's in yourself. Right. Or or the very idea that, like, there is no, I need to just stop desiring. Yeah. You know, like, that's not reality. That's not going to really, there's no way to no. stop doing that. And so there has to be something that, or that there is no suffering, or that yeah. there is no happiness. You know, these ideas in Buddhism, like, well, that's not grounded in reality and what we experience. And it doesn't and, remedy the world. And it doesn't. At your very best, you've saved yourself. Right. And so making myself God is not going to be the yeah. best answer. It's not going to be what I need. And I think that a lot of things that we turn to, whether it's other religions or whether it's just trying to be a good person, because in a way that can almost be a religion. Yeah. Like, I just want to be a good person and then everything will work out. And it's like, okay, but what's who defines what good is? Yeah. Like, then you start getting into more tricky questions like that. So the idea of, of getting to heaven about like what happens after this life is still a very scary question for a lot of people yeah. because they feel very unsure about that and it's again well if i just follow something that works for me or if i'm just a good person but i think i had said last sunday like christianity can't work for us it can't work for you just because it works for us it has to work because it's right yeah right it's like taking a medication like i can't just take something because well i guess it'll i'll work take this pill yeah i'll just take this because you know <laughs> i hope it works for me you know it either works for you or it doesn't yeah. right and uh, so it's like that kind of issue, I think, is really where I see the exclusive exclusivity of Jesus as being, like the like you said, the one answer to the one problem, like yeah. to the root problem, and then everything pointing to Jesus and that that narrative that arcs over like all of human history, pointing to Jesus to the point where, like you said, uh, a foot deep, the size of Texas, Possible. right, one coin. So it's like. That idea that God would paint a picture that, that is that overarching and that improbable and then Jesus making the claims that he did, I think that we just need to have a little bit more curiosity yeah. about that. Even if you're like a person of no faith or another faith to say, like, what are the odds of all that happening? And then like, why do we need that? And what are the problems I see around me? And uh, even like our comfort level, we chase that as if it's a religion as well, right? right? Goodness and comfort. And it's like, well, our goodness and comfort making us happy. I would argue in America, we're very comfortable. We got it pretty good and we're yeah. pretty miserable. So why is that? And so again, like going back to the teachings of Jesus, going back to that deeper need, like, well, what do we need? Well, there's a salvation issue. There's a brokenness there that we see what Genesis three, right? Yeah. Immediately. So how about somebody that might have a, um, like a worry about 
like, well, because I've had this question too, and it's kind of similar to the, what about other religions? What about like different denominations within Christianity? What about somebody that's a Catholic or somebody that's Lutheran or somebody that's a Baptist? Like, like, how do we know? Like, there's so many different versions, quote unquote, of, of Christianity. Like, how do we know? I think you got to take the real perspective. When you look at other denominations, you would sure hope. Uh, that at the end of the day, every single person is doing their best to honor God with their denomination. Okay. That what they what they're doing, they believe is what's best. Yeah. Now you would hope. You right? would hope it's not always true, but it, what Jesus with Jesus, it's it's honestly very simple. Like he wants to have a relationship with us. He entered into this world with the purpose of having a relationship with us. While we may not fully always agree with the brothers and sisters who mm-hmm. are doing it differently, uh, they still follow the same Jesus. Okay. They still love the same Jesus. So what's the core message, do you think? So somebody's watching or somebody's listening today, like, what's the, what, what do we actually need to know about Jesus? How, what would you say? I look at the gospel. Um, we started with the problem. Yeah. Sin was in the world. Right. Jesus came as a solution. And when he died and rose again, he went and he beat hell he beat sin. He beat death. He came back with the keys for freedom. Okay. And he came as the new king. And so when we look at the gospel, it's a gospel of kingdom proclamation that Jesus has done something so amazing. Yeah. That really this transforms lives. Okay. And it's available to everyone. Okay. And so when we're looking at the basics. But so let me like jump in though. So like for the person that's listening or watching and they're saying like, okay, but why did he need to die? Like, cause this can be confusing for a lot of people. Yeah. Like, okay, so if I want to go to heaven, like, what does that have to do with Jesus dying on a cross? Like, why does my sin, like, so say I, okay, I've sinned. I, maybe I, I agree. I can see that there's like a moral law and that, you know, we do all sin. We all do things that are wrong. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'll give you that. But why does Jesus dying have anything to do with that or how? You look at the Jewish Old Testament. I mean, it started with uh, blood for blood. Like when you commit a sin, there's a cost to that. Okay. There's a very real cost for that. Okay. And so there was a sacrificial system that was in place. Okay. Now, with Jesus, that sacrificial system has been fulfilled. Like, we don't have to continue sacrificing because he was the one for all. That okay. There was a very true problem that needed a very true solution. Okay. But that massive size of sin could only be remedied by something so divine and godlike. Okay. It could have been the only solution. So sin is costly. Yeah, big cost. Right? And like it costs life in order to cut, like pay for sin, a life is going to be required, right? I mean, that's the whole Old Testament system. The whole Old Testament system. So pointing to Jesus and Jesus saying like the, the final perfect sacrifice is going to be mine. The only yeah. way you can be right with a perfect and holy God is to be perfect and holy yourself. That's right. But you can't do that on your own. It's not possible. But with Jesus, that's what he did. So I say, like for me, that is a linchpin of like of our faith of saying the reality of the crucifixion is why you see the book of Acts happening. Yeah. It's why... Even uh, just this morning listening to another podcast and they were talking about how there are atheist philosophers that understand that the world we live in today and the world most of us take for granted as far as like what is right and wrong, the reason we have that is because of Christianity. Like so even atheist philosophers and sociologists will look at what Jesus Christ did, this homeless, itinerant, wandering preacher, what he did and the movement he started, it it literally gave us the world that we have today, in the West especially, but really globally, the human rights, right? The value of people, like all that stuff, because without a God there are no human rights. Right. Right. I mean there's just we're all no different than the plants and animals outside. But 
what Jesus Christ gave us was unique. And I think that's the miracle of the book of Acts. So if you're watching this today and you're wondering like, what's the deal's all about? Book of John, great place to start, but then also the book of Acts. So here's Jesus proclaiming this message of the kingdom coming and salvation and him being God and everything like God among us. And then the book of Acts, why would the book of Acts happen? Because again, it's not just in the Bible. It's a historical fact that the book of Acts went down and Christianity exploded. How did that happen? You know, there's a, there's something there I think that's, that's worth considering. I mean, the rate of growth is impossible. Like the fact that they grew to the size they did in 100 years. Right. Hasn't happened since. Right. Won't happen again. Right. Became a threat to the entire Roman Empire. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's something to be, to be said there. So there's a difficult truth. To get back to our question, there is a very, very yeah. difficult truth of, okay, like, well, why are these all these religions out there? Like, why can't they all lead to God? But I think that, like Ecclesiastes 3 says, that, that God put eternity in our hearts. So I think there is something in us that yearns for something else, that yearns for more, that realizes that this world is not it. And that's the that's the unsettling nature of just being in this world and the unsatisfying nature of the lives that we live sometimes. And then you look at, well, why so many religions? Again, because we're reaching out for that. And so when God says, but I'm, I've revealed myself, and it's not just some Western religion, it's a yeah. Middle Eastern religion that he revealed himself through. And so I think that that's, again, hard truth. But at the end of the day, if there's a specific problem, God said, I'm going to specifically have a solution for that specific problem yeah. in Jesus Christ. And so, yes, that's a difficult truth. And if you're watching as a believer, non-believer, a skeptic, it's like, yeah, that that is the, the narrow focus of God's plan of salvation for man, mankind is not to just give us a bunch of confusing, contradictory answers and solutions, but to give us one very specific answer to a very specific problem. Yeah. That's right. Anything else? I think we got this. Man. It was such an easy question. It was very easy. We were able to easy. approach it simply. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we should talk about the Nephilim next time. Oh, man. You'll well, get on that one. Yeah, Tim's going to preach on yeah. that. So you're going to want to hear that. Give it a few weeks. It's going to be life-changing. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thank you for uh, checking in today, whether you're watching or whether you're listening. Uh, as we always say, if you uh, if you like this today, if it was helpful for you, we ask you just to like it, share it, uh, do whatever, because we, we do want to help people in very practical ways understand who Jesus is. We want to wrestle with difficult questions that people are clearly asking. Uh, you know, we most of the time on these, we're just answering questions that people have and, and trying to do it in, in simple ways. So again, uh, it helps us out if you like it, share it, um, give us feedback, comment, let us know what you think. Uh, but that's it for today, and we'll see you next time. Once again, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified of new content every week. Remember, we want to help you worship, connect, and serve. So if you live in the central Massachusetts area, we would love for you to engage with us on Sundays. For more information, service times, and details about our children's and youth ministries, visit us at quaybogchurch.org. Have a blessed week.